On this episode of ASAP, Anna and I talk to SA Account Supervisor Amanda Glenn about field marketing, Matlock, and animals hijacking a job interview. All that and more on this episode of ASAP. It's ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. And this is the theme song. And we don't have much time, just need it ASAP. Okay, thanks, bye. Welcome to uh, ASAP, a Strategic America podcast. Uh, we're going to bring you some more really great marketing news, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. This is uh, my co-host, Andy. You want to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Andy Hewitt. I'm PR account manager and senior writer on the PR team here at SA. Um, first time, long time on the pod. I think that's how we say it. So First time caller, long time listener? Yes. Something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, makes complete sense being like episode four. Mm-hmm. I Something think. like that. Four or five? I don't know. Joe will tell us later. Yeah, Joe will keep track of it for Three. us. That's why, that's why we've got him here. Um, for those who maybe remember me from a previous one, I am Anna. I am also on the PR team as a PR account coordinator. Um, and I moonlight as a proofreader here as well. So that's fun. I know I have that coming up on my schedule. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're going to talk a little bit about field marketing and what that is. Um, I know it's confusing for a lot of people, including everyone I've ever talked to about my career ever. Um, so the person that we're going to talk to about that is Amanda. Do you want to introduce yourself, Amanda? Hi, everybody. Um, I am Amanda Glenn, and I am an account supervisor and research manager here at Strategic America. Super. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Like, what's your day-to-day Yeah, like? that's a fancy title. You know, if I could tell you what my day-to-day <laughs> actually entailed that would be a step up it's it's uh constantly changing but in general it's um i i manage service experts it's a an account that we've had since 2007 and it is a field marketing account which we'll go into more detail later um and that keeps me pretty busy i work on three or four other accounts and in addition to that uh, most recently i started working um, with the account planner for for research strategy Awesome. Um, so one thing we do here is we call it living the dream. So let's start with what was your dream job when you were a kid? So I was thinking about this before we came in here to record, and it, this is super embarrassing. But when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Matlock, the, the really, really <laughs> terrible old episodes of Matlock. I loved the detective work, the shoddy detective work, and um all of the different logic it took to kind of bust the bad guy. And so for the longest time, um, I wanted to be a lawyer, which is not actually in my personality or DNA. But um, I would say up until um, I was 12, 13 years old, I wanted to be a lawyer like Matlock, but better dressed. So um, so that was probably what I dreamed of doing. And then when I... Uh, started learning more about marketing and what it was all about. It was interesting to me. Um, I went to the University of Northern Iowa, and I remember doing a visit to the campus, and they broke us up into different kind of disciplines in the business school. So I went to the marketing one, obviously, because that's what I was interested in at the moment. And uh, Dr. Corbin, and I'm, I think he's retired now, but he um, he did this blind taste test with soda pop. And it was, um, it was really interesting to me because you see it on TV and it's like, wow, this is where this kind of strategy is is brought to life. And so um, so that really kind of got me hooked on how to look at brands that maybe are not the Coca-Cola or the Pepsi and really help them 
as an underdog be successful. So, um, and now that I'm in account planning, it kind of comes full circle, right? Because really a blind test test, blind taste test is really more about kind of getting people to change their beliefs. Interesting. Did that taste test change your beliefs? I'm not a big soda fan. Mm. So for me, (laughs) it didn't change a lot of my beliefs, but it did put me on the right path, I think. That is interesting, though, because I even see the tie between um, having that interest in like Matlock and even like with being a lawyer, you're still trying to influence somebody's opinion, right? Right. And so marketing can be similar because you are influencing other people's opinions based on how you market. That's true. And learning all the sides of the story, right? Yeah. So the different perceptions and how does that impact us from a marketing and a messaging standpoint um, to try to get people to believe what we believe about the product and how it will enhance their lives. Yep. Less paperwork, though. Yeah, yeah. there's so yeah, much yeah. paperwork in marketing. I don't know that people understand Maybe the less volume arguing. of paperwork. Yeah. Maybe. It depends, <laughs> depends on, on the day. day. Depends on the day. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Is that what you were going for? <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, So we've talked a little bit about your dream job. What was your first marketing job like? Well, um, actually, before I came to SA, I worked at Target. I was the front-end guest experience manager, um, which was great um, coming out of college, if you will. But it was long hours, long retail hours. And um, I managed like 60 cashiers that could give a rip about coming to work in Food Avenue, which, you know, we gotta we gotta be careful with things in Food Avenue so people don't get sick. And then the weird dude at the photo lab. And so <laughs> it was um it was eye-opening for me and it really pushed me back towards marketing. So then um I interviewed here at SA actually um, got my resume passed through the agency. Um, my best friend's dad is a radio rep from Sioux City. And so he has been calling on SA forever. And um, so he um, had that connection with Carol Ingram, actually. And she's the one that took my resume and pushed it through. And then I was able to seal the deal with an awesome interview there you 12 go. years ago. Yeah. All about those say. connections. Yeah, it is about the connections. Well, and the interview. That's important. Yeah, that's what actually <laughs> just don't gets blow you it. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, I'm in the door, just don't blow this. Yep. I think we were um, we were at the old building for sure. And um, for those that don't know, in our old office um, in the cafe area, it, there was a lot of, um, it opened up to kind of the forest, if you will, the garden, if you will. And there was a lot of wide, wild animals that would come right up to the window. And I think there was a very, very large animal that came up to the window while we were chatting about the possibility of working here and I was like is this normal <laughs> they're like why do you have that look on your face yeah yeah and they so, probably told you don't worry it gets weirder it yeah in so many words they did yeah. yeah um so what's your favorite part about your job at SA um, I really like that every day is different. Um, for me, I struggle with doing the same thing over and over again. Um, and so being able to think differently about situations is good. The needs of the client and the industry are constantly changing. And so it's this continual uh, marathon, if you will, to keep educated and keep bringing in new ideas. And when you work with 
the same account for a long time, it gets even more challenging to kind of bring in that fresh thinking. And so um, it's interesting to look at the world through the lens of a particular client's um, goals and then tell them, hey, I was sitting in the car shop the other day getting my oil changed and um, they had this really cool packet that um, was plastic and it allowed you to keep all of their coupons and all of the paperwork together so it doesn't get lost in your um, in your car and um, and then being able to take that and apply it to their service agreement um, f- philosophy and and how that can help prioritize paperwork for their customers so just really weird things like that. I'm sitting there, I take a picture of it, and I'm like, hey, this is pretty cool, we should do this, and they loved it. So inspiration is all around us if you look in the right places. That's interesting. Um, that kind of spurs another question. I know it's not something that we prepped you on, but it's like, what would you consider to be like one of the greatest challenges that you've dealt with in you know, taking those new ideas or a new concept or like trying to be forward thinking with clients Um, Do you have any good examples of that that you can think of where you've been able to take that and be like, you know what, I saw this and for some reason your brand resonated with me and I think we should try it? Yeah, I think that um, a lot of that kind of inspiration has come through direct mail. Obviously, it's a race to the mailbox to see what is in in there. And a lot of the inspiration for direct mail has come from the credit card companies and the auto industry as well. So um, taking their reward programs particularly and saying, how can we apply this? Because the industry for source experts is heating and cooling. Um, nobody wants to maintain their heating and cooling system, um, but it is so important like your car to help everything function. And so finding the parallels of how they're doing it. And then the credit card companies do a really good job of, um, well, they, they pester you to death, first of all. They have very large marketing budgets, but their packages are always really interesting and really um, compelling if you happen to be in that mindset. So um, I think for a lot of the clients we work with, it's about being there when they don't need us and then being there when they do need us because their whole lens through which they look at a company changes when something happens. And sure. they and they want someone right away because we're a really impatient society. Sure. And that kind of segues into um, another one of the questions that we had. It's like, you've been around for more than a decade at SA. What, you know, what has kept driving you every single day to keep pushing for those best results for the clients and kind of kept you around? Yeah, 12 years is a long time. It's like a dinosaur in the, <laughs> in the advertising agency. And I, I'm pretty sure the interns make me feel even older than I am. They don't, they don't get any of my jokes and... They don't get any references. And um, sometimes when I start singing a song, they sing the remix version of it. <laughs> and it's very confusing to me. So um, to be here for 12 years, I think, is is an accomplishment. We have a lot of well-seasoned people here at SA. And I think the reason that I've stuck around so long is that my role has always changed. Um, and the work has always changed and the drive to improve things and make things better has always been there. And so since every day is different, it's never been boring or dull. If anything, a reprieve would be nice, like a nice vacation for a couple weeks where nobody bothers me and I don't come back to 300 emails after being (laughs) gone for like a day. That would be really nice. But I think that anytime 
you can get into a profession that challenges you, but is also really different and kind of forces you to stretch and bend is a good place to be in and a place that you can keep growing. I love it. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about growth on the client side in a bit, but first we're going to throw it to Brie for an ad. ASAP is proud to be sponsored by Local Wild Animals. When local wild animals need to band together to represent their national corporations, they choose Strategic America as their field marketing partner. There is nothing worse than a coyote that is off-brand. If those wild pups aren't howling every night, it's time to pull everyone together and review the coyote brand standards. SA is part of that equation for many local wild animal groups. Call Amanda to find out more. And we're back. Uh, so now, now's the most interesting part of the conversation, in my opinion. No offense, Amanda. But it's only because every time somebody finds out that I work at SA and we bring up field marketing, you kind of get a blank stare and everybody's like, well, I don't even know what that means. Does anybody else have to deal with that? Do you guys ever get weird oh, yeah. stares or like, uh, you're making this up? Yeah, that's true. I always get a blank stare or like, what do you mean by that? And yeah. then you explain it. Yeah, I just tell them we market fields. I mean, we are based in Iowa, so that that seems to help a little bit. Um, it just depends plots on, of land. Yeah, it depends on how much time I have to chit-chat with them. Yeah. If it's like a passerby, I'm like, we advertise fields like cornfields and whatnot. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's Checks not out. a bad response. That's not a bad response at all. Mm-hmm. Um so let's answer the question because then next time somebody asks us, we can just tell them to listen to the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. That's marketing right there. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you listening, please share. Yes. Yeah. People need to know. People need to know what field marketing is. So Amanda. Okay. Well, there's a lot of pressure here. I'll do my best to answer this concisely. Um, but field marketing essentially is uh, companies that have a national presence or international presence. And they have a corporate entity, but then they have a lot of individual locations that sometimes operate as franchisees, sometimes they're corporate owned, sometimes they can put their face on their own truck and call it a day and still be a part of a big company. But it's uh, it's that national enterprise brand backing up smaller businesses. And so, what SA specializes in and has for over 35 years, because Lennox was our first client essentially, um, is we specialize in helping the, the small guys, the small business um, locations across the US and Canada and even into Mexico, I believe. Um, they have small budgets, which makes marketing a little bit trickier. Um, so we uh, go down to the local level and really understand what resonates in that particular part of the country. Um, but then also they have the backing of uh, a national company. So they have brand standards that we can help them stick to. And they usually have creative elements that we can customize and modify for their needs and put their own information on it so that it feels local without each individual company having to do their own creative or create their own TV spot. So there's a lot of efficiencies that we can offer by having that holistic view. And um, for us, I think we're really about helping helping the little guys, which I think is important. So how do those organizations determine 
like whether field marketing is right for them or whether or not they should approach SA for one of those opportunities. Yeah, I think anytime a company has a lot of little locations to work with and they don't have maybe the staffing in place at the corporate level to do so, it's a great way to um, interact with SA because we have the um, expertise and the people here to interact with them on your behalf, um, essentially becoming the face of your company, if you will, um, and helping with those day-to-day things that need to get done so that the people at the corporate level can focus on the strategy and where we're taking the company and brand messaging and all of those really important things that often get put to the side when you have too much on your plate. Um, So SA is a great partner, especially if you're looking to have a lean corporate marketing department. Um, We essentially become an extension of the marketing department. So it's really fun to work with um, companies that, that come here and you become friends with them actually because you interact with them so frequently um and it's uh it's an extension of their team and they're an extension of our team so i think that's unique i think maybe it would be helpful if you could give listeners like an idea of scale so you don't have to you know name client names we don't we don't name names here but um what would be like an example of a large field marketing client and then a small field marketing client? Sure. Um, A large field marketing client would be a company that has maybe a thousand or more individual um, locations that need help managing their marketing funds, co-op funds. They need help protecting the brand at the local level, Um, kind of that added support. Um, so a thousand or two thousand in some cases is is quite big, um, just because of the sheer manpower it takes to communicate with everybody in a timely manner. And then on the small side, you know, if you're looking at ten to twenty to you know ten to fifty really um, locations, that is a good fit for SA as well. Um, and really, once again we scale according to what the client needs are. And so um, it really, to me, is about what corporate wants to focus on and how many people corporate has and what they what they want um, to do. And really, um, speed of service is really important. So if their corporate people in the marketing department are bogged down with other things and they can't get to those emails and those phone calls and those requests, we're really good from a customer experience, a customer service perspective of making sure those questions get answered and that the orders get placed and that um, the ad is customized and it goes full up to the vendor and then um, it, then it's there, it's in their local market and um, they get all the benefit of the national brand with less of the work. <laughs> and more support. And more support. So what, like what strengths would you say field marketing brings to the table for the you know the parent company or whatever whoever is approaching SA right I would say number one is consistency um, having people that are talking to your clients because essentially individual businesses that report up to a national company are clients in some fashion um, and having that ability to protect the brand so that logos don't get stretched and things are used with proper licensing. Um, Those things are really important for the company health overall. And then also just maximizing the investment, right? So 
Um, we have scale from a media buying standpoint, from a direct mail um, efficiency standpoint, from a digital standpoint. And so having individual companies place their own advertising, they may not be getting the best deal possible. And so with our knowledge and scale, we're usually able to negotiate down. Um, in most cases, we can get extra ads, bonus coverage, things like that. Um, and when you're looking at small companies with small budgets, that's really important, right, to make sure that they're getting the most for their money. And then when you take that and you extrapolate it across the company, then that gives brand lift overall. That's great. So um, we know we are successful field marketers at SA, but let's take, we'll brag about ourselves. What does it take to be a successful field marketer? <laughs> ADD. (laughs) (laughs) Kidding, not kidding. Um, Being able to pivot quickly, I think, is really important. Attention to detail is critical. If you're going to work at SA, you really have to be able to button down all those details because you have like a thousand individual logos flying at you and offers change frequently and You know, a lot of times we jump in and support companies um, at the individual level if they're not doing well. So why why is the market not responding to my advertising and what do we need to do to change it and or change the offer to make it more appealing? So I think that um, we do it really well because we have the processes in place to funnel everything efficiently, but then also we have the ability with uh, data and dashboards and just knowledge from other clients about that local market to be able to um, give them some good information. So in some cases, we can see global trends too. Like, um, you know, we're seeing this trend in the Northeast where, you know, the weather has really impacted and all those snowstorms that went into April have just um, really hit sales hard, not only in your category, but we've seen it in this category and this category. And so it gives them a little bit of comfort knowing that they're not alone and I don't know that an individual um, marketing plan can do that it doesn't necessarily make things better at the exact moment but it's kind of that like hold on keep doing what we're doing we're going to come out of this and that goes back to consistency too if we if you have a knee-jerk reaction every time something's not going well um, then you then it's inconsistent in the marketplace. And so giving them the confidence and having the data to look into the issues and tell them what the global trends are, I think is really important. Well, and even being able to track what's doing well and what's not. If you're constantly pivoting, you're not, to your point, you're not gonna have that data to look at, right? Because it's gonna be very inconsistent. Sometimes it can take a little while for that data to roll back to you to know what is working. And then there'll constantly be oh, well, we tried this for a week and that didn't work, or we tried this for a month or whatever that time frame might be. Um, so that's, I mean, it's, it's important to keep that in mind because having a team on your side that can kind of help and guide those things is going to help in the long run, in the long term. And I think that probably honestly is why not to, I mean, not to completely inflate ourselves, but at the same time, I think there's a reason why you know, we've had Linux for so long. Right. Because we've been able to, to adjust with that. Obviously things are not the same in HVAC mm-hmm. um, or even in the way that homes are built and that affects HVAC things, you know, all those tertiary things that have changed in the last 30, 35 years impacts the way that you're gonna market. Right, and I think SA's sweet spot is really understanding 
a higher end consumer because a lot of our um, field marketing clients are the higher end product. And so it's about quality and not necessarily all about price. And so even though we have a variety of industries, we do know how to market to that individual person who's a little bit older, a little bit more wealthy. They have a um, specific household income and they care about things being done right so that they don't have to worry about it. So selling an extra protection plan to this particular audience is a little bit easier than maybe someone that's focused on um, the coupon, right? So, and and just going back to field marketing, um, probably the number one question I get is, what is the silver bullet? That's a marketing term, by the way. There is no actual <laughs> silver bullet in our office, but maybe we should get one. Um, and everyone wants to know what's the hot thing that's gonna move the needle. And um, obviously innovation is should always be a part of everyone's marketing plan. But for me, the silver bullet is consistency. And it's that long-term brand, and that's um, in addition with the digital and the direct mail approach that captures people when they're in the moments. Because once again, heating and cooling as an example, you're not going to pay attention to me if your system is not having a problem. Um, But there are important messages to keep in front of you so that when you do have an issue or you know that it's time to get something maintenance, you know who to go to. Well, I think we have covered quite a few things. Do you have any last words, advice, motivation? Favorite field? Funny maybe. comments. You favorite Ooh. field? Favorite field. Okay. I I can go first. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, and I don't know why. I just remember I was in college doing some type of arts class, and in a textbook there was a photo of the painting called a piece of turf, and that is pretty spectacular. So go ahead and look that up. What did the turf look like, though? I mean, it's very generic. (laughs) I don't even know what qualified it to be in a textbook. Like, I was like, you know what? This painting is fantastic. But you know what? I agreed. That's fair. Um, I just got back from vacation in Grand Marais, Minnesota. There are a lot of really excellent fields up there. Mm. So probably land for sale if you want it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice temperatures, just saying. Hard to get to, but very valuable from a land standpoint. Exactly. I really like Wrigleyville. Filled. So I took a swing to the left here, but you know, if we're gonna talk about fields, it's gotta be on the list. That's um, yeah. you know what? Field is field is a wide, broad <laughs> spectrum. So I appreciate that as a baseball fan. Yep. I'm not sporty, but I support you guys. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well we appreciate you sitting down and kind of discussing everything with us, giving us the down low on field marketing and your experience. Uh, if anybody has any questions about field marketing, they can look Amanda up and get a hold of her. Because mm-hmm. I will do my best <laughs> to answer your questions, but I can't guarantee I'm going to be as articulate as Amanda will be. Yeah, just come to me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I think that's it. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Well, you'll hear us next time. Yeah. <laughs> ASAP, a Strategic America podcast, is produced inside the walls of Strategic America, a marketing agency located in West Des Moines, Iowa. Visit strategicamerica.com ASAP for more.